Hi, you're listening to Out of Crazy Town, your guide to divorcing a narcissist. This is Jackie Miller. Kay Anthony is back with me to discuss her new book, The D Word, Making the Ultimate Decision About Your Divorce. Kate and I discuss what good looks like in a marriage or a relationship. Working through some of the chapters in her book, we talk about excuses for bad behavior, finances in marriage, and how to be playful in a relationship, and much, much more. Listen in as Kate and I discuss The D Word. All right, welcome to Out of Crazy Town, your guide to divorcing a narcissist, and welcome back. Kate, how are you? I am so good. I'm so happy to be here again. (laughs) This is for an exciting reason, Uh, Kate Anthony. You have written and launched a book called The D Word. I did. I did. I wrote a book. (laughs) So cool. I'm so excited. you're, You're blazing a trail ahead of me. Been knocking around in my head for a while, but I know it's not an easy feat. So it's not, it's not. But you know what? I highly recommend it because I'll tell you why I wrote this book. This is really kind of morbid. Jump into it. (laughs) I wrote this book because you know it's been on my to do list for a while, and in 2020, I got 2020 COVID. Right? I got OG COVID. Got it. And I thought I was gonna die. Mm. And One night I was lying there and I thought I might not wake up tomorrow. And it was just a very sort of, it was actually a serene thought. I mean, I was so powerless over it. There was nothing I could do. I was also so sick that I was like, wow, I actually might not wake up tomorrow. And I thought, okay, what are my regrets? And the only regret was that I hadn't written my book. That's really powerful. Seriously. It was like once I got better and I got my feet back on the ground, I was like, okay. And now look, it's, you know, it's 2023 moving into 2024. It took me a minute, but it was like, okay, this has to get done. You know what else though, to that point is, I mean, there's so many people that have things to say, important things to say, running around out in the world and and many of us thinking about writing the book, but it just goes to show it's, it's not easy. Like you need to mean Mm it. You need need to have clear intention. Oh, that's right. I mean, a hundred percent before I could write the book, I had to get an agent that I, you know, then submit to publishers. I mean, that was their job. Right. But like it's a process. It's a process. I'm just now learning. So awesome. Anyway, yay. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. We're going to talk about it today. In case you've been living in a divorce cave, um, Kate Anthony <laughs> has her own very popular podcast that is New York Times recommended, the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. You have also created the groundbreaking program, Should I Stay or Should I Go, that helps people with that very daunting task of deciding often if they get a divorce or not. It's not an easy question. It is not. That's why I wrote a whole book about it. Yep. So let's talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole book worth of shit. It's a whole whole book worth of shit to figure out and to like, (laughs) to comb through. There are so many facets of marriage and issues that people deal with and challenges that come into play that lead them to question whether or not their marriage should continue. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many quandaries. I feel like people find themselves in where they justify bad behavior. I feel yeah. like you're really good at leading the horse to water and making people think about those things. I want to call this episode, what does good look like or what does healthy look like? Because I like to say that to my clients or, or, you know, just other friends that are going through hard times. Sometimes we need to take a step back from all the minutia of our relationships, right? And just go, wait a minute, what is good supposed to look like? And I feel like your program and your book really epitomizes that. And so I wanted to, I want to call it that. And just to kick this off, you have a chapter called, but I love him. Mm. 
about defining love in a spiritual context. A couple things that you brought up, like, he's a great guy, but he cheats mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. And then one I hear all the time, he's a great dad, but he abuses me. Mm-hmm. I hear that one a it's lot. Amazing, a lot right? of people, yeah, they start out it's their story amazing. like that. He's a really good he's dad. He's a really great dad, but and he then, just treats me, the mother of his children, like yeah. shit. What do people need to think about? You know, I just, I don't think that someone who destabilizes the foundation of the family by abusing or cheating on the mother of their children is a good parent, right? I just, there's so much more to being a good dad than he plays with the kids or he makes their lunches or he, right? Like there is this foundational piece of the family and the, the you know, the bedrock of the family, which is the relationship between parents. And when one person is actively destroying that, right? Cheating is a choice. Being attracted to somebody else out in the world is not a choice. Cheating, acting on that, texting somebody else, right? All of that is a choice. And when you make it that choice, you're putting a knife in the foundation of the children's lives. And so, look, I think there's so many things that we don't think about when we're getting married and we don't talk about and we don't, you know, we don't design, right? Great story I have actually. I, one day, uh, met Shaq. Ah, The Shaq? The Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal. Who is, I can confirm, the hugest human being I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I literally came up to, I think, like below his pecs, you wow. know? So, um, but Shaq, so he's like, oh, so you're a divorce coach. And I said, yeah. And he said, so is texting and emailing cheating? And I said, uh, what were you texting and emailing, Mr. O'Neill? <laughs> <laughs> who, who are we talking about, Mr. O'Neill? <laughs> what, what what did you say? And are you asking said, for a friend? <laughs> yeah. No, he was, he was definitely asking for himself. Wow. And I said, uh, I said, well, what was in the texts or emails? And he's like, I love you. I miss you. And I was like, well, dude, like, what if you had seen that in her emails? Like, how would you have felt? And he was like, I wouldn't have been in her shit. And I was like, okay, that's mm-hmm. not the point. <laughs> Mm, that's a non-answer answer. Mm, Right. And so there was a, you know, there was a lot of back and forth and I was like, okay, you are not coachable on this, (laughs) on this level. You might be coachable (laughs) on the court, but you are not coachable here. I love Um, your insurance commercials, but but... this isn't going to (laughs) work. But the point is right. That in Shaq's world, that wasn't cheating. He's don't know why, right? Because he didn't do anything. He didn't cross yeah. the line. He didn't go into um, anything physical with the ex that he was communicating with. Well, to his wife, who went in his shit, for, probably for good for reason. Because right? her instincts were telling her to. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and my my stance on that is like, look, if you're already doing that, your marriage is over. Trust is gone. Agreed. Right? If you're already doing that. But they had not decided together where the line was, right? So- you know, is Shaq a great dad? I I have no idea. But I don't think that being, I don't think that actively working to destabilize the foundation of the family right. by disrespecting and cheating on your spouse mm-hmm. um, makes you a great dad. You know, so many things come to mind because in our last podcast, we had talked about also that if your values align, there you mm-hmm. go. 
Shaq and his wife's mm-hmm. values did not align. Like you said, they did not agree mm-hmm. on where that line was, but you're, you're absolutely right because we get in these situations, right? You're married, you have kids, you have a mortgage, you have car payments and, oh my gosh, I just can't leave this guy. So I think you just start justifying and you start looking for things like, well, like you said, he does play with the kids and he does take the kids on Saturdays for a few hours. And he does, first of all, our definition is really screwed up. Of <laughs> Well, I was going to say, right. The bar has become so low for yeah, men. It's become- And it's really sad because we've lowered it. You know, we have lowered it. And it's like, if a woman did any of those things, right, just saw their kids on the weekends and, you know, but came home from work and went into the bathroom and and pooped for an hour and a half and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, like she would be a neglectful mom, but dad does all that. And then he comes out and like crawls on the floor and plays like horsey for, you know, 20 minutes. And he's <laughs> like an amazing dad. I mean, you see right. dad in the grocery store and we're like, oh my God, right. he's he so wonderful. The kids to the grocery store. Aww. Like, give me a fucking break, yeah. you know? And that's our fault. We have lowered that bar. I have to admit, if I'm in Target and I see a guy with his three kids, I'm like, I have a little like, oh, mm-hmm. me, uh-huh. me. Yeah, right. I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. Like, I saw a guy at Trader Joe's and he was carrying a Barbie backpack and had his like little girl with him, but the backpack was on his shoulder. And I was like, cute. Yeah. And, and that's like, fine. It can, it can be cute, but then why isn't it cute when mom does it? Mm-hmm, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. That's so, right. Anyway, we can go on that forever. But you know what? So, so let's just stop and say, what does good look like? I think the most important thing to ask, right, is how do you feel? In your relationship, right? It's about like, do you feel honored and respected? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like your partner treats you as an equal? Do you feel like you're actually in the partnership that you thought you signed up for? Great question. Do you feel love? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you can go out with your friends with no reprisals, with nobody, you're not going to get 7,000 text messages when you're out trying to kind of, you know, intrude on your time. I think I had a client once who like, every time she went out, like her husband would just show up Um, going out with her girlfriends. Like, yeah, hello, that's stalking, right? So- I've like, known a situation similar to that as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And everyone's Scary. like, oh, he's so sweet. And it's like, that's, no, 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 that's no. Exactly what we were at a big birthday dinner. And I would say six of the nine women thought it was really cute. And the other three of us were absolutely side glance, side glance. Like, is anybody else here completely creeped out? Right. And there were three of us that made eye contact. And I know we were for sure, but the majority. Oh, oh. so sweet. I missed you, baby. No, yeah. you didn't. You were yeah. checking yeah. up on me. No, you didn't. Right? But, you know, and I think those are all extremely important questions. You're right. Like, how do I feel? And it's okay to even take it a step further and be like, God, what I think would be amazing is if he came home, he know Johnny struggles with homework every night. I know he knows how to do that math. If he just walked in the door and grabbed our son and said, hey, son, let's sit down and knock this out without anyone having to ask him without anyone, you know, and I know I'm getting really specific here. Yeah, but no, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Ask 100%. yourself those things. What would awesome look like to you? Right, right. What are the, what are the things that 
would really, really, you know, this is like, it's almost like a love language thing. Cause it could yeah. be really specific to you, right? Yeah. yeah. What are the things that are going to make you feel like he really cares and he gets it and right. you makes you feel supported. And it may not be the same thing that makes, you know, your friend feel supported or whatever, but if right. this is important to you communicating, here's the thing. We have to communicate our needs to our partners. We have yes. to, they're yes. not mind readers. We have to communicate our needs to our partners. Watch what they do. Do they hear you and get into action or do they, you know, reject what you said or say, okay, honey, and then never do it. Right. right. Like all of the things. Do a little you know, test. How are you in relationship? I don't know about you, but like I'm the same person in a relationship, like six months down the line that you started dating in the first week. Like I'm the same person. I am now. Like, Right. Yep. I'm not yep. a love bomber. I'm not trying to like, right. I'm literally like, no, this is who I am. This yeah. is what, what I give in relationship is what I give in relationship. And so ask yourself if you are, if you're receiving what you get, like, does it feel like there's an imbalance? Right. And you know, that is so profound, which I use that term. I realize on my podcast a lot. <laughs> that is so <laughs> profound because I have now had an experience in a relationship where I had to go and it's a little uncomfortable because I'm not used to it. And I was like, sure. what if the reaction lets me down? That's uh -huh. a scary what if. And so sometimes we all hold back and don't ask for what we need just because we're scared of the what if, you know, what if it doesn't sure. turn out great? Mm -hmm. And the moment when they say, wow, I'm so glad you told me that I will never do that again. Or of course I'll pitch in and do that. Or, oh. And you're like, well, okay. especially those of us who have been abused, right? Like it's yeah. so hard for us to express our needs. It's even hard for us to know what our needs are because, you know, we had to be disconnected and dissociated from them for so long mm -hmm. that to have someone say, oh my God, I hear you and you're important to me. And of course I'll do that because yeah. it matters to you. It's the most healing thing in the world. It sure is. And I know that you mentioned the love languages in your book, which I love doing the love languages. They have, I've mentioned this on my podcast a few times, but not only with adults, but with my children, yeah, um, my teenage right. children, it's been very eye-opening. So you guys go, you'll read about it in Kate's book, but also you can Google love languages and see the author who, who put it together and do the quiz. And then also you have a quiz about, is your relationship healthy in your book as well? I right? do. In my book, I have a, like, it's just a healthy relationship checklist really. Yeah. And it just, it just goes down the line. Like, do you feel like this? Do you feel like this? Do you feel like this? And, you know, it's, I mean, it's very simple, yeah. but I think it's pretty um, telling. It's, I think it's a great place to start. Next topic I want to bring up, which is also a chapter in your book about, am I being abused? And yeah. I think that, again, we can go off on so many tangents on this, but one thing that comes to mind is when something's going on, our gut's telling us something's not right. And we fall into the trap of, if I just try harder, mm -hmm. if I just, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and do this and it's going to get better. And then we start to blame it on things kind of to go back to our uh, topic before, but mm -hmm. you know, we start making excuses. I don't know. What are your else are your thoughts on yeah. asking yourself that question? Again, right. I think it's really important to, instead of looking at the relationship and trying to determine like, is it abusive? Is he abusive? Is he an abuser? Is he a narcissist? Blah, blah, blah. How do you feel in the relationship? Do you feel 
supported and loved and cared for? Or do you feel like everything is your fault? Do you feel like there's the goalpost keeps moving? Because in an abusive relationship, we're always told that if we just do X, then they wouldn't have to do Y. And so then you do X and then they're still doing Y, but now you're supposed to do Z because you didn't quite get X right. And mm-hmm. so now if you, right, and we're bending ourselves into pretzels, trying to fill the void of this other person that is not ours to fill. And you're never, you never arrive. That's you never okay. arrive. My Jackie-ism phrase is I could yeah. never get enough points to be ahead. I, I could never right. win. I could never that's win. There was great, never. Great. <laughs> that's right. It's such a great uh, metaphor for it. I think that's yeah. great, right? Yeah. You cannot, the points are not yours to have. I sort of was, I was talking about it the other day and I was like, It's like you're in the dark. You're told there's a light switch on the wall. And so you're like moving around the wall and you find a light switch and you turn it on, but like it doesn't work. And so then they're like, no, 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 the other light switch. And you're still going around in the dark trying to find the, and then you find one and you turn it on. They're like, no, 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 the other one. Oh God, I love this analogy. Right. And none of those fucking light switches turn on the light. And they never will. (laughs) They never will. (laughs) But because you're in the dark, you always think there's just one more that you haven't tried. That's the mind fuck. Sure that's is. That's the mind. Cause that's where you're like, oh, but there is, there's another, there's gotta be another one. No, no, no. Okay. Just flip that one. But I probably already flipped that one. So let me, and then I'm going to go in a, like in a grid pattern down the wall and make sure, right. Oh yeah. And you're, you're going to, you're going to spend your life feeling around on that wall to find the right switch that doesn't exist. Yep. And in the meantime, in the background, you're hearing, oh, you're so stupid. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm having to tell you this again. Oh my God. Everybody else can find the light switch immediately. Are you kidding me? You're Mm -hmm. the only one that can't find the light switch. I mean, this is such a good analogy, but yeah. yeah. percent. I mean, and on and on and on it goes. (laughs) And on and on and on it goes. And then enter back in our excuses. And we're like, well, he he was abused as a kid. What about those, the excuses we start? Yes. Yes. Right. And you know what? He probably was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did that for years. I'm like, well, it's his wounding and, you know, cause his dad and the rage and the yada, yada, yada. And at the end of the day, we are giving them more grace than we're giving ourselves. I can be compassionate. I can have absolute empathy and compassion for somebody else's wounding while also having a boundary where I will not allow them to use it as a weapon against me. Or an excuse. And that doesn't mean you can't talk to me that way. That means that if they've been talking to you that for that, that way for 10 years and they're not changing, but you think it's because of their childhood wounding, but they're not going to therapy to deal with that shit. Right. They're still wielding it as a weapon against you. You get out of the way. You, ha- you leave because they're not going to not do that. And they didn't do it in the beginning. So they know how not to do it. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. When I first said, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Two weeks later, my ex-husband came to me and he said, Kate, I'm so sorry. I just, I just never thought you'd leave. And I was like, so you knew that what you were doing was wrong. You could have stopped. You just didn't think you had to. That's what you just said to me. You just thought I'd always stay here and put up with it. You just said the quiet part out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're validating that I left because you are saying that you know it was not good. What you were doing was not okay. That must have been like validating and confusing and hurtful and relieving all in the same time. It blew my mind. I bet. 
It I blew bet. my mind. And you know, while we're making up these excuses and we're trying to prop them up to make them feel better and we're trying to build up points, I feel like in that we get lost and we ignore our own instincts. And that's where the beginning of the mm-hmm. like pushing down who we are is. Right. And exactly. that is such a slippery slope. And that's where we all get to, right? Yeah. And that's why I start my book with the self-work. It's why that's where I start with all my clients. Like we're not going to like, we won't talk about him for a minute. We're going to talk yeah. about him. Trust me. First, we're going to talk about you, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who are you? Because I know that when I got out of my marriage, I had no idea who I was. None. I was so lost and confused and empty and a hollow shell. I just had no idea, you know? And it's the thing I hear over and over again. And I know you do Mm -hmm. too. It it Mm -hmm. is the weirdest phenomenon to not know who you are in your 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, when you separate right. from another person, it it is just, it's weird. And it's, it's real. It's a thing. It is. For it sure. is. I didn't know what my favorite color was. I couldn't tell you what I wanted to eat for dinner. Right. Because I had spent. What kind of music years. I liked. Oh, uh, absolutely. Even what I, my style was anymore. I still don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. To grab. And it keeps changing. Sweats, it keeps is sweatpants changing. a style? Sweatpants <laughs> is a style. Just ask my two teenage daughters. And I know you have a son as well. Sweatpants yeah, is right. the, that's the thing. Basically, a lot of this, what we're talking about is gaslighting. You yeah. also have a chapter that goes specifically into emotional abuse. I said this, I think, I, to you on our last podcast but episode. I believe it or not, ask myself as I was leaving, as I was learning what gaslighting was like, oh, I don't know if he did that. Okay, mm-hmm. that's all he did. I mean, it's yeah. like... <laughs> but right. I think, Actually, I think, <laughs> now that I'm an expert, um, I think though it can take on so many forms. And one of the ones I think is so insidious, and then I'll expand on this later. I want your, your thoughts though, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the teasing and joking. Oh, Jesus Christ. That is mm-hmm. gaslighting. Well, what's what's hmm, the gaslighting part about it is when they say something that's really hurtful and they're they're you know it's joking, mm-hmm. and then you say that was really hurtful. That was a really mean thing to say to me, and they say I was just joking. You don't even you don't have a sense of humor, right? That's the gaslighting. It's you're the not like oh shit, I'm sorry that hurt your feelings. I'm right. sorry, and then if you don't bounce back right away and let them get away with it, then it continues all day. What is your problem? Like, are you serious? Are you still mad about that? Like, come right. on. Right. right. Exactly. It was designed to hurt. It was designed to hurt. Let's be honest. About and now it. you're crazy for thinking. And now I'm crazy fault. for being hurt. And you know, this was something that took me a really long time to get over, which is why I bring up this topic. Um, because as I entered a new relationship, uh, he joked around with me a couple of times and I looked right at him and said, don't ever joke with me like that about that. And he just, the eyes got wide and he said, I'm so sorry. I'll never say it again. And now five years later, we crack up, we tease all the time. It took me a really long time to get there. It was about two, two and a half years in. I looked at him, I said, you can joke now. He goes, goes, are you sure? Because last reaction, like, I just never want to make you feel like that, which is, let's talk about what good looks like, right? That's what you want. You want, I don't ever want you to feel that way. No, but you know, the thing that I've come to realize, Kate, is that you can only do it when your heart feels safe, your head feels safe, your body feels safe. That's what I say. Uh Uh-huh. Like say your partner builds you up all the time. They tell you what an amazing cook you are every day. They thank you for every meal. Oh my gosh, you're so good. They break you in front of other people. And then when you burn, 
the chicken one night. They're like, because they do nothing but build you up all the time. And so right. then enter right. a teasing joke where you, then you're funny. laughing at yourself. You're like, oh my God, look what I did to the chicken. Yeah, should we eat yeah. it? And they're like, um, if I want to get food poisoning, you know, now you can start joking again. But it's that's why I wanted to talk about what good looks like because mm-hmm. it is just one of the things really that stabs yeah. me in the heart when I see that. It's like you've built up currency. Like you have to earn the ability to joke with me, right? Like I need you to build up. You, I need, like you said, I need to feel physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of those things. I need to feel safe in all of these ways before you can, you know, give me a little, you know, knock that that is that feels playful. That feels playful. That's the word. And you know, as as your you know your boyfriend learned, right? Like, oh, this is like. I'm dealing with somebody who has trauma in this area and was very receptive to holding that trauma for you and respecting that. Now he's earned his ability to joke with you. And playful is the word because I was doing some research on relationships recently and the word playful kept coming up. And so then I started looking up clinical studies, which I love you because you do the same. I know you're always quoting statistics because they like to back up what we say, right? It it was just like playfulness is like one of the top things that keeps relationships together. And I just started having all these thoughts about gaslighting and teasing and playfulness and how you can get back to a healthy place because it can be such a positive force in a relationship. Right. But again, like build up that currency, right? And there's a difference between, by, by the way, being playful and teasing. Yes. And that's where the instincts have to come in. Yeah. Right. Like we can be playful without me feeling like it's at my expense or your expense. Right. We don't have to. It doesn't have to be at anybody's expense. Yeah. And maybe teasing is the wrong word. Like we need to take it Mm. teasing out of out of. I think teasing is right. I think teasing is mm, I don't I don't love teasing. No, you're right. The, The whole point of teasing is to poke someone. And you're not poking, right. you're playing. But yes, yeah. good point on the playfulness. Tease is not the word. When I see women, and I know you see women going into that transition into the next part of their life, if they've chosen to leave the relationship and have had the divorce, and it's so hard to trust yourself. And mm-hmm. and yes. you just made the point. Your instincts are the difference. That's right. And I, you know, the thing that I want people to know is that it takes time. It really does. I was, my marriage was 10 years. The next really probably the relationship that was more damaging than my marriage. Um, that was two and a half years. Mm. And that was after, that was well after my marriage. But I, but it took me two and a half years to finally get it, right? Like, oh, sure. <laughs> this is, sure. this is, oh, that's what this is. I mean, it actually took me a few years beyond that to be able to name what had happened in that relationship, which was a massive trauma bond and, you know, mm-hmm. this all lots of like intermittent reinforcement and just a total mind fuck. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until I started doing this work that I was like, oh, that's what was happening in that yeah. relationship. Right. And now I might go on a couple of dates with somebody and be like momentary, momentarily kind of swept up in whatever and then be like. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Like, wait a minute. That's a totally disorganized attachment. That Mm. is, I feel completely off balance and that's not a good thing. And I get to name it now. 
And so it doesn't mean that you're never going to do it again. Right. But if you really do the work and take the time, I like to say that like your lead time gets like shorter and shorter. Yes, right. <laughs> the gap right. starts to close. But yeah. Right. You know, now, you know, it was two and a half years. It was 10 years. It was two and a half years. Now it's like, you know, maybe three weeks. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? So I want people to know that it's not like you'll never do it again. Because no. this is this whole thing of trusting ourselves is the yes. biggest thing. Trusting I don't ourselves. Trust myself. I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself anymore. It's like, let alone, I don't trust other people. <laughs> I don't trust myself. And that was so huge for me. Again, back to reestablishing, or for some of us establishing for the first time, a connection with self. Who am I? Right? It's not about what's he doing? Is he the one? Is he the best? Is he the blah, blah, blah. It's okay. Who am I? And getting really, really, really rooted in that. And I had, a, I had, was interviewing Dr. Ramani a couple of weeks uh, last week for my podcast. And she was saying she calls for a 12 month moratorium, no dating after okay. you're, you know, getting out of a relationship with a narcissist and you're trying to heal from it, 12 months, nothing. I I have to say, I think she's, ab I mean, who am I to argue with her, but right. <laughs> um, I think she's Dr. Ramani. Um, I agree with her because I really think that we need to go through that full cycle of all of the seasons and the birthdays and the Christmases and the blah, blah, blah. And just the dark nights of the soul, all the shit right. that we get out there to date to avoid actually need to experience, right? right? The dark nights of the soul and the sadness and the like nights of journaling and, you know, yeah. burning shit, right? You've got to go through that. And that's going to begin to heal your picker when you are taking that time to reconnect with self. And it's okay. I think the big thing is to try to just slow down the dating too, because oh, please, we were absolutely. so into or targets for people who, right, just wanted to push it to let's get married next week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or I love right. to say, oh, I, God. I, I love that my, my teenagers now use the words like gaslighting and love bombing every Isn't day. It the it's the best. It the best. And they know that like a tropical vacation on the first date isn't necessarily a good thing. It's, ter <laughs> it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible it's, thing. It's a terrible thing. But you know, look, we're conditioned for that. We're like, oh, you know, as a look, watch The Bachelor where like every date is a massive adventure and right. like- it's intoxicating. And no it's, wonder they're all falling in love with each other. They're not falling in love with each other. They're falling in love with the high the hype of these in crazy the, dates. Yes, and, yes. You know? but the love bombing is oh, the prince on the white horse showed up. Mm -hmm. There oh, he is. Right. There I've he been is. told about him since I was a little girl. I have been, I was just talking to someone oh else my about God, this today about how like how this gets so deeply embedded into our unconscious and women like, look, Gen X, our Gen Xers, we are totally screwed because, you know, we went to bed with these stories. These yeah. were our bedtime stories and they got embedded into our subconscious. We, we read the stories, we turned out the light and then we dreamed about it. Yeah. And it literally got embedded into our subconscious. So we were programmed with really bad stuff. Yeah. And you know, I think where the wires get really crossed is we think we interpret that for maybe a partner who's just protective and respectful and can be somewhat of an alpha, just in the sense that like he wants his family to flourish and be supported and be versus the like, oh, my prince showed up because he took me on a 
on a tropical vacation. And yeah. I think our wires get crossed there of like oh, sure. what good looks like in a man when That's it comes right. to those two things. And this is why, you know, so often they're like, oh, all the, you know, the nice guys get the shaft. And, you know, look, if a, if a guy is saying the nice guys get the shaft and he's like all entitled about it and, and pouty and angry, you know, that can veer into incel land, mm. which is, you know, dangerous. When we're dating we do need to be listening with different ears and watching with different eyes. Like, mm. is this person may not be the most exciting person in the world. They may not have all the money in the world. They may not be like, you know, zipping me off to Cabo for the weekend. Are they steady? Are they showing up? Yeah. Are they listening? Yeah. Are they sharing? How do I feel? Do I feel safe and secure? And it's, we can go right. down this road for a long way, but you know, it's, it's all those things. Like, how are they talking about their ex, you know, oh, girlfriends uh, or spouse? Sure. How do they treat their kids? How do they, you know? Yeah. How do they yeah. treat the waiter? How uh -huh. do they treat? Oh, that I mean, is always. my big one. That's my big always. one. It's like, it's like you, like five seconds in, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The customer service people on the phone that, oh yeah. Last but not least, I wanted to touch on your chapter about feeling trapped. But one of the things that comes to mind for me is like financial abuse. Yeah. And I love sure. to talk with women because it's such a big problem, even mm -hmm. in healthy relationships, women and money and finances. And I want to talk oh, about God. what good looks like with that. <laughs> <laughs> have your own. Have your own. Yep. Um, have your own. You know, I mean, the, the bottom line is all almost all money in a marriage is joint. You know, mm -hmm. depending on the state, it's, you know, equitable versus equal. But you should have access to all of the money in the relationship. The only exception is like, you know, if it's an inheritance, that's his or yours, right? It's not marital. All, you should have access to all the money. So if someone is saying like, if you know that there are accounts, that, but you don't have the, the login to them, mm -hmm. if you don't have your own login, if your names are not on all the accounts, look, if your name's not on all the accounts, it doesn't actually matter. It's still yours. And so you should get your name on them. If there's resistance, if, you know, if you say to your spouse, hey, listen, I want to, I know I've had my head in the sand about money and this has been your domain, but I'm just curious, what are the accounts that we have and how much money do we have in them? And, you know, where are things at for us financially? And their response is, you know, something along the lines of, don't you worry your pretty little head about it. I've got it covered. Why are you asking? Then you probably, that's a big red flag. And while if your names are not on the accounts and you actually can't see, then like the mail comes, like the statements come in the mail and they don't have your name on it. You can't open them legally because it's a federal offense to open mail that's not addressed to you. Yeah. But I would start taking photographs of the of the envelopes that come in the mail. So you know, oh, this is interesting. Yes. Um, there's a Chase, there's like a Charles Schwab envelope. Apparently we have a Charles Schwab account. Yeah. <laughs> if you do get divorced, then in discovery, you can say, well, where's that Charles Schwab account? Exactly. I know we have a Charles Schwab account. I know we have this, 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 and this, because these are the statements that come. You should have access. Please do not sign any oh, tax This return. is a good point. This is a good point. Don't sign anything without reading it. Do not sign your tax return without fully reading it. Listen, I know we don't understand what they say. At least if you're signing a tax return, ask your CPA to go over it with you so you understand what they're talking about, um, what you're signing, because you're signing it. Um, and I just had a financial expert on this last episode and, you know, we had to go through all of that as well because so many women having to file for innocent spouse, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. clauses. That's right. 
And you know, not everyone gets it. Not everyone gets it. That's a problem. You signed it. It makes me want to go out there and start all these women finance groups because I have a lot of Uh friends that are married and divorce is not a topic of discussion and it's not on the table. And many of them are afraid to ask their husband. That like, if you're afraid to talk about anything in your marriage, to me, that's a red flag. It what is. are you afraid of? Right. They just, they, just like what you said, that the answer is going to be, don't worry your pretty little head. Why are you asking? What's going on? What's, what's, I've had some uncomfortable conversations <laughs> as a divorce coach when I bring this up and my sure. happily married friends are like, oh, I can't ask my husband that. And I'm like, well, why? Yes, you can. You have to. It's yours. You know, it's yours. And that's the thing. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. And, and, you know, he's, if he's incurring debt, it's also yours. Well, that's the thing. And gosh, I just read a statistic. It's like 75% of women are unpleasantly surprised at what the finances are when either there's death or a divorce, 75% unpleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't doubt that people who are like, he took out like, you know, second and third mortgages on our home. I thought it was paid off. So yeah, what healthy looks like you have to ask and and see what the reaction is, which we said at the very beginning of this podcast, um, right. really about anything when it comes to your needs. And what else do you want people to know about this book, Kate? I, you know, I want them to know, gosh, about the book itself. You know, one of the things I talk about in the beginning of the book is I give women permission, right? I want women to know that it's okay to be asking these questions. It is okay to read this book. It may feel really subversive. It may feel, you know, like you're doing something wrong. And, you know, in many senses, like you kind of probably reading it behind your spouse's back and, you know, but if you're looking for answers, promise that by the end of this book, you will have all the tools that you need in order to make your decision. You don't have to make it immediately because you still might not be ready to actually cross the line and actually make the decision and actually, you know, have the talk. But when you're ready to, it's all there. It's all in there. How to have the talk, how to talk to your kids, like all of it. So, yeah. And I know on your website, I love because it says, you just stated you may not want someone to see you reading this book or yes. even for it to show up on the credit card and you offer different ways that they might go about getting the book. So go to kateanthony.com on her page about the book and she gives you some great subject suggestions. It's obviously yeah. available on Amazon, the D word, and it's available on my website as well. So jackiemillercoaching.com recommended reading. Your book is there and um, you guys you. go and find it. It officially comes out December 26th, right? That's correct. That okay, is so. correct. So it's available for pre-order before that. Usually if you pre-order something, like certainly on Amazon, like it arrives the day that it'll it'll arrive on pre-order day. So, you know, happy Boxing Day. <laughs> awesome. Hey, you could always be ordering it for a friend. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Or have it sent to your friend's house and exactly. go pick it up later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I will let you go because um, I'm about to piss our listeners off. It is about 80 degrees here in Southern California, Los Angeles area, right? Is it? I haven't been outside today. It is has, that right? It is. I went to run errands and it, I was like, wow. I mean, it is definitely beach weather. Um, So sorry, oh my people God. in Minnesota. Sorry, but... everybody. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Jackie and I are going outside. We're going to the beach. We're going to the beach. Kate, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure. Always have great talks with you. Thank you. And I'll see you at the beach. All right. See you there.